You're listening to the Quiet Rebels podcast, the place to be to explore what it means to run an online business when you don't always align with the status quo. I'm your host, Meike Sang, the Sustainable Visibility Mentor, Certified Trauma Sensitive Leadership Coach, and Podcast Guesting Strategy Trainer. And I'm here to remind you that contrary to what we're taught to believe, you don't always have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. Because if anything, we stand out and make an even deeper difference when we stand up for what we believe in and share who we're supporting along the way. So if you'd like to join me and my guests as we venture into these pretty nuanced conversations where we choose to find the meaning in the messy middles of our entrepreneurial journey, then let me welcome you into the quiet rebellion. Let's get started. Before we jump into today's episode, I do want to share a contextual trigger warning that there are some parts of today's episode where my guests and I have shared stories with our experiences of being on the receiving end of racism and aggression. And there is also a reference of the 2021 incident in Atlanta with the murder of six Asian women. So if for any reason these topics are of a tender nature to you, I invite you to be gentle with yourself if you do decide to listen. So take a moment for yourself and decide. And if you choose to stay with us, then I'm incredibly honoured to share this episode with you today. Let's go. Hello, Quiet Rebels. I am so excited for today's episode because this is something extremely different from what we've ever had on this podcast before. But there's a special reason for that. Around September 2021, there was a group of incredible women I've had the pleasure to get to know. And since September, up until now, In April 2022, we have been working on a behind-the-scenes project that is ready to be front and center. And that is something that we are calling the Rooted Revolution. This is where we're calling in all Asian women and non-binary humans of Asian descent who yearn to have a thriving and successful business while honoring our ancestral lineage. So if you've ever craved a place where you want to feel seen, heard, acknowledged for the complex identities you carry within you and have this be the foundation for the general legacy you will create for those who come after you, then I invite you to be a part of this conversation today. So I've got two special guests. We do have um, more in our wonderful group, but we, <laughs> but we weren't all able to match all of our schedules. But I'm very, very excited for who has shown up today. So I've got guest number one. We've got Dr. Natasha Gossam paris And we also have Katie Chen Mazara as well. So welcome, ladies. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Yeah, it's so exciting to be here. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I think what's so amazing is that the both of you are actually kicking off our Rooted Revolution Summit. <laughs> and so I feel like, okay, let's kick off this conversation before it actually even happened in real time, right? So before we actually get started with, because the whole premise of today, I just really want to share with our quiet rebels why we're even doing this in the first place. And so I'd love to just tap on each of your shoulders um, to kind of share that. Like, What made you want to be a part of this revolution? Because but this has been in the works for over six months now. So uh, Natasha, how about, how about you? First of all, like, what do you do and what 
like why is this important for you to be a part of? Yeah, I'm a thank you. I'm a naturopathic doctor and an executive and wellness coach. And at this stage in my career, my practice um, now centralizes women and femmes of color. And I use my holistic and trauma-informed clinical background and then my rich cultural heritage, and I bring it together with my lived experiences to help people untether from self-sacrifice, from generational cycles of harm and scarcity. And what's driving me forward is this mission to help conscious change makers centralize joy centralize their values, their heart-led values, and their um, desire, their possibility for thriving and unite them so that we can come together as purpose-led leaders and uplift the entire collective. And I think why this is so important to me to be part of the Rooted Revolution is so far in my career and for much of my life, I operated from this this hyper-independence that I was by myself, this story that Mm. I had to do it all on my own in order to make change. And even putting this together, being in this group has taught me so much about releasing those old stories and leaning in to community. And, um, And that strengthened this mission that I have to move forward with. So it's been an internal shift for me. And then it's been a driving force of what's possible when we come together and thrive together. Mm, I always get so like re-inspired every time you speak because I, I love that the premise of our summit is really about getting to our ancestral roots. Right. And yes, there is much beauty in it, but I really appreciate that you also acknowledge the, you know, that there is some harm and not, and sometimes a lot of it Mm -hmm. that has impacted us in ways that actually that centralizes fear over joy. And so I love the way that you are able to make room to, for both of them to kind of like inform each other, how those past harms help to inform new ways for us to find joy in our lives. So I just want to say thank you so much for the work you do and for bringing your wisdom into the rooted revolution. Oh, thank you, Meike. That's really kind. And Katie, how about you? What brings you to doing this work? I know you have a lot to say as well, so let's hear it. Um, Well, first of all, I am a financial coach and I work mostly with creative types of people, freelancers and creative entrepreneurs. And I also call them freedom seekers (laughs) because most of them have like very inconsistent incomes and I help them to make more kind of worry less about money and also create the life that they really want to have. And with through my work, what I found so many times is that like somebody will come to me, especially a person of color um, will come to me and say, because of my family's obligations or sacrifices or um, the expectations that they have on me, I 
decided to go into a different career. I decided to do something that really wasn't in my heart and really didn't utilize my strengths. Instead, they decided to go into accounting or tech or being even a lawyer, right? Because those were the expectations from their families. And now maybe perhaps they've lost their parent or they've lost a job. Um, They're now reconsidering and taking another look at what their life and career can be. And But they're afraid. They're afraid that like, you know, it's been so conditioned in them that a creative life does not pay um, doing something artistic or with their passion in music or anything else. Like those are the things that they feel like are such a far off dream or it can just only stay as a hobby. And I'm here to like tell them that it is possible, right? And and then also show them and guide them. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to be part of this summit is to show um you know, women of color, especially Asian women, that, you know, we are more than just what our parents' expectations are of us. We also have our own purpose in our life. And it also is honoring them to actually create the life that you dream of, because that's the reason they even came to a different country to have the and have those sacrifices made is so that you can have the life that maybe they didn't have a chance to have. You know, so that to me is something really, really dear to me. And I get kind of emotional even thinking about that. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty emotional, like listening to that last part, especially because it can so feel like when we do venture into areas that are kind of uncharted (laughs) uh, for our previous generations it can almost feel like we are dishonoring and disrespecting all of the sacrifices that they've made up until this point and it's like oh gosh am I just taking every all of your sacrifices for granted by doing something I want and so I really appreciate what you just shared there how we are honoring them by exploring that you know so thank you so much for sharing what you do Katie and um, letting us know what you're bringing to the Rooted Revolution as well, because it's something that is clearly near and dear to our hearts. And we believe the hearts of many in our space around us, because one of the biggest things is um, around this time last year, there was a huge rise in anti-Asian hate crimes. So much like in 2020, when there was a Black Lives Matter movement, in 2021, it was the Stop Asian Hate movement. And it was so raw, still is very raw, um, as it was happening in 2021. And I almost feel like the summit was our way to hold our ground and put a stake in it and to say, we belong here. And sometimes that's hard to do when we are, when our presence and representation is fragmented. And so this beautiful summit that we put together is a way for us to kind of like gather all together to have these conversations where it almost feels like our culture is 
an afterthought consideration when for us it's very much centralized a lot of the time so Katie I'd love to tap on your shoulder first like how how like when you centralize this conversation for yourself how has that changed your life and your business when it's it's kind of like oh my culture is not a limitation it's actually what makes me who I am like could you share um to any degree that you're comfortable with how that's impacted you yeah yeah the moment when those women the eight women were killed in atlanta i believe it was eight right Um, yes yeah and um when they were killed in atlanta something shifted inside of me all of the things that i have known in my heart and in my being um, came to the surface, right? Things that I felt like I needed to keep quiet. Now, all of a sudden I was forced to speak about and bring up into the, you know, into social media. And I'm somebody who actually has struggled with this visibility piece for a long, long time, mainly because I grew up in Texas and being Asian in Texas is not not very easy. <laughs> um, and you know, there were moments that in my life that I was made fun of, and you know, all of these other things. And um, and so I've actually done a lot of work. I've worked with my own coaches on this visibility piece. And yet, when this incident happened. It almost like I almost felt like I couldn't keep quiet anymore. And I had to say something and I had to get on social media and really talk about um, what my heart was feeling, what um, how I felt about everything. And also some of the experiences that I've had or my family has had in the past. Right. And, you know, there were so many things about that that particular incident that really, really riled me up. I mean, anything from like where, you know, the police talked about how this man had a bad day, mm-hmm. right? Like that was so hurtful because it's yeah. like to say you killed all these people, not just the eight Asian women, but also um to people who were not uh, of Asian descent, right? To kill 10 people and then couch it as this person just had a bad day, right? It felt very dismissive of who these people were and then also that they were human beings, right? Like, sure, the, the person who, you know, committed this murder is also a human being, And yet you can only see that person's side of things. Like, I don't understand that. And and also it makes me really understand this context of like, for all of my life, it's like, I've heard things like go back to where you belong or go back to your country, you know, so that there's always a thing where it's like, do I belong? Do I belong here? You know, I've been in the United States for most of my life, and yet so many times in my life, I felt like I don't really belong here and that I'm still a foreigner 
in a country mm. where I am a citizen. Mm. My my hand is just hovering over my heart right now because the recollection of that incident from 2021 is one of many that have impacted us long before 2021 and um it it for a lot it was a tipping point of like no we can't take this anymore we can't stay quiet anymore because this is what happens when we stay quiet people walk all over us we get dismissed and dehumanized in the process and our stories are buried and hid- hidden um, beneath the narrative that is shown across the media. So definitely feel where that power is drawing from for you, Katie. So thank you for sharing some very tender things um, in your own experiences. And I'm sure that for those who are listening right now, regardless of whether you're Asian, by the way, if you're listening as a quiet rebel, you know, there may have been times in all of your lives where you may have felt like you tried to fit in, but actually it's not a place where you've ever felt like you belonged. And that's a very big difference. Um, feeling like you need to hide parts of yourself in order to belong, to fit in. But actually, is that true belonging? If you have to hide that, you know? So it's definitely one that seems to be a common thread between the three of us and for our fellow co-hosts of the Rooted Revolution as well. So shout out to uh, Deepshika Saram, to Shenghe and Anna Sui, who weren't able to be here with us today, but who are just as much a part of this Rooted Revolution as we are. So thank you, Katie, for sharing your, like how this has impacted you and why this drives your work now. And Natasha, of course, like we'd be honored to hear your side of things as well. Yeah, I, I want to take a moment and just acknowledge being able to witness Katie's transformation as well. And as somebody who's known her for not uh, too long, but feel like we've been lifelong friends, but watching you transform in your use of the power of your voice, the courage to speak up and to acknowledge your mission, to trust your path. Um, and to really speak into the injustice that is occurring for people and, and transmute that, alchemize that as an opportunity to um, bring light, illuminate these um, real challenges that we face um, in our communities. Yeah, and just thank you for doing that because it definitely inspires others, I'm sure, it, certainly me to um, come out of my shell and speak up more. Thank you yeah. so much, yeah. Natasha, for saying yeah. that. Yeah. You were mentioning belonging. We were joking around earlier, <laughs> May Kay, when you were asking me the pronunciation of my name. Yeah. And, Want to make sure um, I try to say it right. Right, right. <laughs> and it's very understandable. The way you pronounced it is the way that I pronounced it. Um, and still, you can see some of my videos and you'll notice that I pronounced my name um, Kasam before, mm. and it's Gossam. And <clears throat> just speaking into belonging, there's so many factors that came into the pronunciation of my name. One is I kept my family name for multiple reasons to honor my family, um, the cultural context of they didn't have a, 
a boy. So I felt like I wanted to be able to carry the name forward. Right. I don't know if that resonates with anybody. Yes. Um, yeah. And then making my name easier for individuals to pronounce and joking around about my name. And I would say like Kazam, like, you know, Kazam and like make light of my name in order to make it easier and to try to fit into a community uh, that didn't often look like me, didn't necessarily come from my cultural background. And the last part about it was that as a physician, I had uh, great inner fear and concern that I would meet a client in the waiting room in urgent care or performance medicine, and they might be shocked that my first name's Natasha and then my last name is Paris, which is my husband's name, and then I would come out. And how would they deal with that? And to protect myself, I still kept my family name so they could kind of know that I had a cultural background that might be different than uh, most of the Western society, like where I live currently, Portland, Oregon, and and, uh, my family's in North Vancouver. So all of those pieces, right, of trying to navigate belonging. And in the last year, I'll just tangent for a moment, I went to the pharmacy and the pharmacist was like, oh, gossam. And I said, they said, how do you pronounce your name? And I said, oh, um, Kassam. And he's like, isn't it Gossam? And I was like, oh my goodness, I have to, <laughs> this is hysterical. Like this person knows how to pronounce my name better than I do. And I walked away and I was like, okay, it's time to really own um, my background, really claim my name and pronounce it in the way that honors my family and really release all of the fears and concerns and the persona that I had placed upon myself that was a false sense of belonging. And so mm-hmm. that's why it's shifted back to what it actually is, um, which is gossip. But anyway, funny tangent about all the funny ways that we navigate um, trying, attempting to belong. And I'm still exploring how to find belonging within myself, within my family, within my expanded family, and then within the communities um, that I'm growing and evolving into. I relate to that so much. And Mm -hmm. and like, as you know, my name is Katie Chen Mazzara. And I very similarly, I changed my middle name to my maiden name. So it's legally Katie Chen. Um, my original name was Katie Chen. And then because my husband's last name is Mazzara, I very consciously also thought, well, if I show up to a place and somebody sees my name as Katie Mazzara, they're not going <laughs> to they're not going to know if this is me. Um, and, and so right. I was also very conscious of that. Um And for the longest time, like when I I used to work in television as a producer and all my credits were Katie Chen. So I also didn't want to lose that, right? Is that, that was, you know, that was my name when I, you know, um, yeah, had this other career and all my credits for that. And so I, I really, really wanted to honor that as well. So I really relate to all of this that you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and recently, yes. actually, I heard um, 
a, a podcast interview with um, this NYU student who talked about she actually changed her name when she moved here from Shanghai because she wanted to fit in so much that mm-hmm. she completely changed her name from an, uh, a Chinese name to a more Western name so that people could pronounce it. And I related to that as well because my Chinese name is Kai Jia and my mom thought people would pronounce my name Ketchup. And so they, so she, so they actually changed my name to Katie. <laughs> oh gosh, yes. Oh, isn't this? There's so many stories that are interwoven with with our names, isn't there? And mm-hmm. I like both of you are on the same wavelength. Um, you know, with uh, because now you've taken on your your husband's names, and um, I'm thinking in in my future as well because actually, May Kay Sang is not my legal name it's not my complete legal name I should say and I'm not going to say <laughs> what the other part is that's missing because that's not the point the point is um because my sister doesn't have an English name but I do which I'm not going to say but <laughs> the point is that I never felt like I belonged um or rather I didn't I never felt that my English name ever suited me I just can't put my finger on it it just didn't feel representative of who I was. So actually, as I got older, when I was able to have a bit more say with um, how my name was going to be used in educational institutions, um, I started changing it up. And um, I, when people met me, they would they would ask me, "Oh, what's your name?" And I would be like, I would hold my tongue for a moment and think, "Oh, I don't have to say what my first name is. I can just say whatever I want." And so I started saying Maykay, and um, and then actually over time, I noticed as I went into this online business world, I had a couple of um, folks who reached out and uh, they were also of Asian descent. And they said to me, don't you ever feel awkward with using your um, your Asian name because it's not easily pronounced or, or intuitively spelt? And then I said, it it is frustrating at times when um, assumptions are made and there are no further actions to rectify if, you know, that assumption was incorrect with how my name is spelled and pronounced. But at the same time, I, there are very few Meike Sangs in the world, <laughs> especially doing my work as well. So if anything, it's what helped me stand out a bit differently not more per se, but stand stand out in a different way. Um, so that was one thing that came to mind as both of you were speaking. And uh, Natasha, I could so relate to you there about feeling like you, you want to continue to honor your your family by keeping Gassam in your name. Because I am one of two daughters and my sister, when she got married, she took her husband's name. And I am in a same-sex relationship And so the rules are a little bit fuzzy (laughs) around what to do. And so uh, my my partner's surname is Lao. And I thought, oh, maybe I could be an honorary Lao. (laughs) Um, And maybe um, not actually put Lao in my my legal name when when I eventually get married. But for our children, uh, we'd hyphenate the name. So it's it's so interesting, isn't it? Like what we want to keep and who we want to honor because... I, when I told my dad that I was going to keep Sang, he was he was over the moon. He was like, wow, like, I'm so glad that the name doesn't die with me. 
when my time comes. Mm-hmm. There's so much in our names and it's something that gets so easily dismissed as well. Um, when we are showing up, when we are being visible and being introduced, it's so easy for folks to slip into these often hidden and kind of like unacknowledged and name-based microaggressions, but they are microaggressions for us. It fails to acknowledge our heritage when we are not given that extra moment to ask, is this how I pronounce your name? Okay. And saying it correctly. So just from our stories alone with our names, there's clearly a lot here. So when it's when it is things outside of our names, oh gosh, yeah, there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> Oh gosh. All right. So there was, oh, there was something that I wanted to mention, but the the topic now escapes my brain because I frequently get <laughs> brain thoughts. Um, but I know that's something, uh, Natasha, what you said earlier on around um, feeling like um, when you were, you know, building your career and building your business, a lot of the time it felt like you had to do it all on your own, this hyper-independence, that's the language you used, and how that was very much confronted in our collaboration for the Rooted Revolutions, um, where it feels like we may not be going as fast because it's not just all on us, but we're going further and we're reaching like farther together because we're doing it all as co-hosts. So there's no one singular leader in our group. We all contribute. So how has that been like for you? Um, because you were so used to being in that hyper-independent state and Katie, maybe yourself as well. Um, so what was that like for you to kind of be confronted with a completely different way <laughs> to do to do work? <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, I think growing up uh, culturally, there's a lot of, pressure that you about uh, being exceptional and um the core value of excellence and um this sort of narrative that you were in competition and up against people especially those that look like you there's only one slot for somebody that looks like you, sounds like you, and comes from your background. So do what you can, one, to fit in and assimilate with the the other. (laughs) And then um, almost this sort of competition, like don't overshare with the person close to you, all of those narratives that never felt like they fit my personality. And at the same time, I felt like, oh, well, I guess that I am on my own or I should be careful. And other people view me as a threat. And so through this process, I think what I was confronted with again and again is all of those hidden narratives showing up for me that I wasn't even proud, that I thought I had let go. And then here they were, I was like, oh, I have to trust that this group wants me here, that I do belong here, um, that I am contributing, even though I can't see how I'm contributing and this sort of fear like you're going to get voted off the island or um, uh, there aren't enough slots, even though it's like we have made this choice together as six to move forward. But this concern that... um, yeah, that I might not be doing enough and that I wasn't showing up with as much excellence to uplift the group. So I had to face those fears and really look at myself and evaluate. 
are these uh, concerns and fears true? And are they supportive of who I declare to be and what I desire as a group to, to do in the rooted revolution? Like, what are we calling forward? And if I continue to operate this way, how am I supposed to help represent and invite trust into this container that others can join this collective and recognize they are part of something bigger and that they belong and they are more than enough? I had to do that for myself. It took, mm. and it's still taking so much trust, trust in everyone in the group, trust in myself and trust in this mission and the possibility that this is possible, that we can let go of the narratives that we are in competition with one another and that there's a possibility that we can come together and there are more than enough slots for us to be seen, for us to be heard and for us to express our mission that's unique to us. Yeah. Oh, that feeling of one slot only for someone who looks and sounds like us, right? Uh, like Katie and I were just like nodding along <laughs> the entire time that you were speaking because it is so resonant, right? And this, um, this compelling need to succeed because otherwise we would fail if we don't get one of those slots. And what I so appreciate very deeply is how the whole premise of the Rooted Revolution is about this introspective work that we do together. And um, I think, if anything, all of us who are part of it, who are the co-hosts, um, we've had to undergo, you know, our own introspection and kind of like see it happen in real time and really model that for the collective that we are calling in for this gathering of a of this revolution. Right. And so I just really want to thank you for really naming and claiming that, how it can feel and how this whole revolution is building a, a, a different and a bigger table. So instead of fighting over the already existing slot, it's like, no, 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 there's room in this whole hall here where we can build another table. We don't have to fight over what is already there. Let's expand this instead of trying to replace it. Right. Because for some, what already exists does work for them. And if it doesn't quite work for us, then it's like, okay, instead of just trying to change everything that exists, let's just expand and build on what already is and create our own sense of belonging, our own table, really, and invite people along who want to come. Okay. Mm, so, Katie. so beautiful. <laughs> You're so gifted at reflection and I'm just always in awe of how you reflect and, and pull things together in the most, I don't know, it's like poetry. It's just so beautiful <laughs> the way that you speak. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and this is another thing that I think um, all of us are kind of getting used to. It's like being okay with receiving beautiful, positive praise. <laughs> it's like literally many, right? like out one of our last meetings, like all of you are such, such wonderful things. And I'm like, oh, Okay, that's enough thank you <laughs> so oh gosh there's so much like act, active um, shifts that were that are happening in this process and Katie I'd love to hear from you as well what has this process been like for you to collaborate in a way where like we, we are all bringing something different to the table and there may be times where some of us brought more um you know in a certain area that we are more specialized in and you know, other times feeling a little like, oh, I've retracted a little bit to my contribution. Like, how has that been for you to navigate? 
First of all, I actually have to say that I've never been part of a conversation where I, I'm pretty much nodding my head the entire time, right? Like that we've all been talking (laughs) and like, I'm nodding my head so much. I think I'm getting a sore neck. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I know that like whoever's listening to this podcast, whoever's signing up for this Rooted Revolution Summit will relate so much to everything that we are talking about, right? Because this is already like so relatable in every single aspect, like both of you, what you're, you both have said already. And then when it comes to the actual process of us all working together, um, what I've noticed is it's also so unusual, right? That no one is actually leading this process. Mm -hmm. And yet things are getting done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, like when has that ever happened in your career or even looking back at when you were in university, because most of the time there's always somebody leading it, somebody kind of pulling everybody into things. There's always somebody who's working harder than most people. (laughs) And yet there are, it hasn't been that, right? And I think every single person has stepped up in their own way. Yes. And it's like we're also so cognizant of our own um, need for space and time because throughout this six months that we've been talking and working together, a lot has come up for all of us various forms of grief, various things have happened um, in our personal lives. And we've also been such a support system for each other as well in being able to hold space for those personal conversations and not to be like, oh, well, you know, you're not contributing enough because you're, you know, you've got this going on. There's never been that moment. It has been such a supportive environment, a place that we all have been able to come together and bring our full authentic selves, whether it's a messy moment or whether it's a celebratory moment, all of it. And, um, and again, we've all been able to step up and say like, okay, this is my strength. This is where I, I know I can bring some value into this conversation. So let me take it and run with it and, and do it. And that has been so incredible for me to experience because it hasn't ever for, for me, it hasn't happened in that way you know, in most of the collaborations that I've had. And so I'm so grateful for mm-hmm. all of you and, um, and those who are not here on this podcast today um, that we have been able to come together like this. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more because it it has been a very unique arrangement where um, there's no singular leader and we all kind of like we managed to somehow get all the things done and it's because we acknowledge where which areas we were willing to work on say if it wasn't our zone of genius it's like hey this isn't 
like normally where I work, but I want to try. And we invited each other to do that work together. So Natasha, I know that you worked with um, Anna for our first draft um, for for our landing page. I, I remember that. And then it's gone through, you know, you know a couple more of us at at different times and I just I think something that's definitely helped our collaboration is that all of us were honest and we're honest in a way where say if we ever felt like we're coming up short that there was another area that we knew that we could contribute to um so and I don't think we've ever looked at each other like oh you haven't done this you haven't done this you know it's your turn to like pull the bit more weight it's kind of like no it's your turn to take the reins if you want to and then we've just been taking it in turns so organically and it kind of astounds me when I when I when I'm saying this out loud I'm like oh yeah we've actually been pretty damn amazing <laughs> yeah um you know doing this so um what were your thoughts on that Natasha because um I saw you were like nodding away as well yeah, when Katie was yeah, talking about I how we like worked the- together <laughs> Yeah, the honesty piece, I think it was really huge to be um, vulnerable in our truth about what was coming up. I think each one of us at some point in these these months have, one, have touched the copy, have touched the expression, have, you know, shared what this has meant to us individually. And then how do we co-create uh, this container together and what's possible. And, and that was really beautiful to hear everyone's different perspective and unique voice and find commonality and amplify the power in that. Um, and then the vulnerability and the honest truth of when we might have felt insecure or frustrated or um, concerned <clears throat> about where it was going or the timeline and like practical things that we go through, especially when it isn't a hierarchical structure, there isn't one leader and we are um, breaking the the mold of this operating from those same constructs and models mm-hmm. of uh, success and how to achieve outcomes. We did things differently. I think that we did things with so much grace I think that we did things and continue to show up with grace and acknowledging the goodness in one another and um, again and again, shedding away personally, whatever's in the way of trusting this container, this group, this project, this possibility, and being vocal and honest about when we are in a state for me when I was up against like, I don't trust, I don't trust myself, or I don't know if I'm doing enough or, and I had to speak it out so I could transform it. And then feeling like the group was able to hold that, acknowledge it and know that that wasn't true to who I really am. That just needed to share it, to let it go so I could move forward. And I just appreciated all of those pieces. Yeah. Yeah. It has been one incredible journey that definitely has had its uh tender moments and like I remember shedding tears at a certain point not because of the singular person but because of the revelations right and the things that came to the surface that I had no clue was was even there I was like oh okay where is this coming from and there was so much patience and grace and compassion from each and every one of you um and like I it's been beautiful to watch the interaction as well between each other when each of us had our had our tender moments at certain times. So, oh gosh, like I can totally gush about all of you <laughs> for days to come. 
Ah, but of course, I do want to honor both of your times who are here with us today. So as we start um, coming to a close and starting to invite folks to uh, check out the Roots of Evolution, which, by the way, is happening on the 4th of May until the 6th of May. So it's a three-day live summit. Um, Yeah, so are there any kind of like final thoughts that you want to invite quiet rebels who are listening here today to consider whether it's checking out this summit and or like if they are thinking of creating their own revolution if their identities are like you know slightly different from ours but yeah what what would you say for all of these things (laughs) Um, I would just like to say that you know, this is a very rare occurrence that, you know, there's like six Asian women, female identifying coaches um, in one particular summit or space. Um, We haven't seen that. And that's why it would be so incredible for us to see even more of us being represented in, you know, the summit. The summit isn't just for us, right? It is for all of you who have felt maybe that you're alone or that you have had to do things on your own or that you haven't seen the same kind of representation. And so for all of us to come together and have these conversations and be able to relate to each other so deeply, to learn from each other, to collaborate, to celebrate all that is like it within our culture, our family legacy and perhaps even shed some of those the toxic parts of our family (laughs) legacy and and our heritage and cultures as well you know in a very safe incredible way that we can actually be able to come together for this you know so this is for all of us you know and and I and I really want to stress that because we you know we're not creating something that is just for us really like that is not that has yeah, if that was the case, we probably wouldn't have come to this place of, <laughs> of actually completion. But instead, we've always been thinking about it as like, where are our people, right? Like, let's, mm, let's, right? let's start to, yeah, have that conversation together, you know, and, um, and as much as, you know, just even in these last six months, it's fueled us together to be working together the six of us I think it's going to be even more incredible when it's like a group you know like hundreds of us right like thousands of us like coming together and I want to learn from you in the audience right I want to learn and and really understand all of these different nuances of everybody's experiences as well 100 percent yes yes that community and the upliftment of community has been such a, a driver, has been such a, um, like that vision and that inner calling really propelled us through any challenges that we may have internally faced or faced in the group at times. And um, yeah, really beautifully expressed, Katie. Yeah. I wanted to share this, po- um, this poem I stumbled across this morning by young uh, Pueblo. And I thought it was really fitting. I read it and I was like, oh, exactly what I'm feeling. (laughs) So I'll read it now. 
It's the friends who help you realign with your original mission and values that make a substantial difference in your life. Sometimes it just takes one conversation with someone who is radically authentic to reignite your inner fire and help you get back on the right track. And I just thought, yeah, isn't that what we've been doing? Establishing friendship and calling in this community of friendship and um, in the name of mission, in the name of our values and in the desire to be authentic and to reignite one another's power from within and what's possible when we come together and create and pave new paths of opportunity. It's just, I felt so touched by those words and felt like it was really fitting today. Yeah. Oh, what I, I was I'm grinning from ear to ear because one of my one of my dear friends sent me that today. <laughs> really? Oh that's yeah. so funny. Yeah, the, the the synchronicity is um it was incredible. So thank you for sharing that with us and for both of you just showing up today. I'm deeply honored to be collaborating with you and along with, of course, our incredible co-host who um, all of you will get to meet if you decide to join us for the Rooted Revolution. So I would love for all of you who are listening right now, if you're thinking to yourself, this sounds great, but I don't identify as Asian. Like, can I still come? And I really want to speak to you directly right now. There's actually a special FAQ that is um, on this that addresses this directly, but I do feel called um, to say this right now. Yes, while our speakers are going to be sharing from our lenses of our Asian heritage and entrepreneurial experiences, the content inside all of our workshops, which I'll briefly list in just a moment, the content that we will be sharing can absolutely be applicable for you because it's going to be based on what you resonate with. And the reason why I wanted to bring this episode even into existence is because we want to show you what it's like to have a version of a new table that was created, I guess. <laughs> it's kind of, it's one of those things where it's like, this doesn't happen. There's not enough of this. And we just want to show you a real life example of what it's like when you create the thing that doesn't exist yet, or there's not enough of it that exists for it to be normalized. Right. So I want to speak directly to you, our lovely quiet rebels who's listening right now. So if you feel like you don't directly identify who this originally was in mind for, please know you are just as welcome. Okay. And speaking of the workshops, I do want to share what we'll be covering. So again, this is across three days between the 4th and the 6th of May. So that's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday kind of situation. So we've got Natasha coming up first, who's going to be opening with Awakening the Healed Ancestors, bringing together conscious change makers to co-create a compassionate economy. And actually, since both of you are actually starting off on day one, do you want to like elaborate a little about, you know, I guess drop a little teaser of what that actually means? <laughs> so Natasha, um, I'll, I'll share Katie's after you've elaborated a little. So what does that mean, Awakening the Healed Ancestors? Yeah. So one of the things that I feel has been powerful in my um, journey has been to uh, create possibility by what I declare. 
And so declaring that I am a healed ancestor. And what does that mean? That means to me that it is um, declaring that I am choosing to acknowledge what I have shed and let go of and what I am a stand for, that I am the representation, I am in the seat of power um, uh, to break generational harm cycle and to create conscious change and to um, uplift my family line and chosen family line, right? So my communities in general. And to call forth people that have that similar inner mission, like they know that they in their family or in their chosen family and their communities are here to create conscious change and to really be a model for um, the healing that's possible knowing that it never ends, no beginning, no end, but like we can declare that we have healed many things and allowing ourselves mm. to recognize that piece. And then the next part is to bring those that declare they are healed ancestors to co-create a compassionate economy. We've been uh, given certain models of success that have, in my opinion, and um, I share this with other people in, in this group, that has been a detriment to our joy, to yes. our sense of community, to our well-being, uh, and in a lot of ways to our, our overall holistic thriving. And so bringing people together to realize there's another way in which economy can function. What if we come together declaring who we are and our seat of power, knowing that we are in this community together, we're going to work synergistically to uplift and see the unique gifts in one another and do that to empower a new economy. So again, going back to that less competition, more collaboration, let's see what's possible to create a heart-led, values-led economy. What a beautiful way to start off this whole revolution as well, right? <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing what we can expect coming into this first layer of the revolution. So appreciate you so much, Natasha. And Katie, so your topic is about how we can break out of cultural stereotypes and expectations and make money doing what you love. So could you give us a snippet of what that means? Like, like yeah, what can we expect to potentially experience? <laughs> yeah, mine goes back to the first intention for why I wanted to be part of this summit as well, right? Because I've seen so many people, um, women of color, especially that have come to me and, and told me that this is a very specific thing that they've been, it, that's been on their hearts and minds that I really want to um, show a guide and have this conversation of like, how can we do this? How can we break out of those stereotypes? How can we break out of our cultural expectations and what our parents, you know, thought, think that we should do. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, now I have very personal stories of how my dad wanted me to be an engineer, even though I am terrible at math. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, and be able to also see ourselves making money doing so, because like Natasha was talking about, uh, we want to be able to create more of 
Like, I think that when we think about money, sometimes in our society, we think about it as like, oh, all of these rich people are over there and they have morals and values that don't align with who I am. Right. And I want to say that you get to create um, wealth under your own terms because wealth is to me about well-being about wellness, about taking care of yourself and your family. And the more of us who are creating that, the more of us who are very heartfelt, very compassionate, that are creating more wealth for ourselves and our future generations, then the world gets to shift in that way as well. Right. Mm. And so this is the, this is the, you know, to me, like such a, such a passion of mine. And I want to be able to help you, everybody to create this for ourselves. Beautiful. Uh, Natasha, you've unmuted yourself. I feel like you want to say something here. (laughs) Uh, Just breathing that in, you know, just so grateful for that stance that stand, that invitation of what's possible. Just really mm. beautiful. Yeah. Oh, so what a powerful first day at the Rooted Revolution we'll be starting with. And for so I'll be speaking on behalf of our amazing co um co-host of the summit who aren't able to join us today. So we have Sheng He, who's going to be speaking about how we can use entrepreneurship to empower our Asian folks to create space and representation on social media and then we have Anna Sui who's going to be talking about turning trauma into genius tools to alchemize your inherent blocks and claim your true gifts so that's how you of genius and then on day three we have a couple of exciting things and not just because I'm the first speaker <laughs> But yes, so I'll be the first speaker on the Friday and I'm, of course, going to be talking about sustainable visibility, how we can take an intersectional approach to being seen on your terms. So, Katie, when you said earlier about how visibility um, has been a struggle for you personally, there likely have been very many layers that, you know, intersect together that needs to be named and claimed and acknowledged so it's not just a matter of like oh the strategy doesn't work for me or like oh there's something wrong with me because the strategy is not working it's like no 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 this is that space where we get to really call this in and just really acknowledge our beautiful unique blend of identities and that does mean that we need to be mindful of the kind of information that we choose to publicize and privatize for our general sense of safety so that's my talk um, to start off on the final day. And then we will be closing off for the last workshop with Deep, Deep Shika Saram. It's going to be talking about how we can reclaim our inner goddesses to liberate the highest version of ourselves. And oh, wow, what a powerful conversation. I, I can imagine that will be. And to really round off this whole experience to bring all of us together, we are going to be doing something extremely special, which is having an encore live panel. So after we finish all the workshops for the final day, there'll be a hour, like two hour break, no, one or two hour break. It says it on the registration page. <laughs> there will be a break of, uh, you know, just a really <laughs> let it all sink in. And then we're going to all reconvene for a live panel where all of us are going to come together to really share our experiences of what it's like to really 
go about our entrepreneurial journey with, you know, our Asian heritage to be centralized in the conversation instead of it being an afterthought. So there are going to be some things, like I know some stories are already going to be coming up. And this is when we, for the things that may or may not, no, they have, no, they have been swept under the carpet. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, we'll just kind of get to that when we get to it. No, 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 no. This is when we kind of like really lift to see what's been swept under this carpet and we actually bring it to the forefront for the things that we just don't want to kind of dismiss anymore or tolerate would be the real word that I want to bring to the forefront here. Mm. The things that we don't want to tolerate anymore, we want to talk about and let you know that if any of this resonates for you um, as a participant of the summit, if you decide to join us, that you're not alone in it. So I'm beyond excited and honored to bring this to all of you who are listening today. So if you are interested in learning more about the Rooted Revolution Summit, of course, this is going to be a time sensitive thing because it is going to be live between the 4th of May and the 6th of May. All of the workshops will be ran live. They will be recorded as well with live captions and transcripts available as well. So there are a multitude of ways that you can really like really sink in this information. Um, and so I'm going to pop a link into the show notes where you can find out more about this Rooted Revolution and Natasha and Katie as a thank you for joining me today for this discussion about all of the behind the scenes and things. I'd love to invite you to share where we can connect with you as well before the summit or just in general as well. So Katie, um, where can we find you? I'm on all social media at Katie Chan Bazaar, K-A-T-Y-C-H-E-N-M-A-Z-Z-A-R-A. For anyone who's like, there's a lot of Z's, <laughs> I will pop all the links. So no worries for anyone who's like, ah, I didn't quite catch Katie's handle. I've got it. Don't worry. It's all going to be in the show notes. So thank you, Katie. And Natasha, where can we find you? Yes. Thank you for asking. So the website is drnatasha.net. And then on Instagram, Dr. Natasha Gassam Paris is the handle. So yeah, and I won't spell it out, Katie. That was <laughs> remarkable. I'm like, oh, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad that it'll just be in the show notes. <laughs> oh, you know, when people are like, oh, how do you spell this? I feel like I need to write it down. Because when I try to read, when I try to spell it out verbally, I'm like, uh, um, um. <laughs> so Katie, like props to you for being able to do that. Mm-hmm. But yes so thank you so much for sharing so i'll be um popping all of your links into the show notes and of course for our incredible co-hosts i'll pop their um either their websites or their social media handles of choice as well because this again has been a collective contribution to make this root of revolution happen so all of the links to all of our co-hosts for this root of revolution and of course where to register for that. And I do want to say here that we have two tiers available for this. We have tier one, which is where you can register for free and you have access for a certain amount of time. And then we do have a $37, I believe it's $37. Um, 38. $38. Oh yes, eight is lucky. Yes. <laughs> so $38 uh, USD for lifetime access to the content. And we do, we are extremely proud to share that all proceeds from this um from this particular part, the, the lifetime access pass, all proceeds will be going to the Stop Asian Hate, which is a curated list of Asian American nonprofits focused on civil rights, housing rights, education, and cultural preservation and expression to amplify the voices of the Asian community. So please know that if you do decide to 
um, join at that particular tier, not only will you have access to content uh, for that lifetime, but also all all of the dollars that will be collected in this tier will be going towards this nonprofit um, and an array of nonprofits as well to support the Stop Asian Hate Movement. So I just want to say thank you in advance if you do decide to join us and mega thank you to Natasha and Katie for joining us today. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you for making it free-flowing and fun and um, and such a beautiful, connected experience. Thank you. Thank you, too. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode of the Quiet Rebels podcast today. For any links that have been mentioned in the episode, you can absolutely find them in the show notes below. And two final things before we wrap up for today. Number one, if you do like the vibe and you're pretty new here and you're thinking, hmm, I actually might want to stick around to see what else comes up here, then I totally invite you to hit the subscribe button. And number two, if you'd like to invite your friends and to help me spread the word to other quiet rebels out there who have yet to find our incredible community, then it would really help if you would leave us a review. So whichever app you're listening to this episode on, all you'd need to do is scroll to the bottom and there will be an option to write a review. Any words will be incredibly appreciated. So thank you so much in advance if you decide to do that. That's everything for today. So thank you again for joining us and I hope that you join us next time. So until then, bye for now.